Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 581 of the Chair Shop Podcast. <laughs> Fucked up already. We're back. We're back for another episode after a week off. Uh, Paul was in uh, the United Kingdom uh, for the funeral of Her Majesty the Queen, Elizabeth II. Uh, he was... I think you were one of the pallbearers, didn't you say? Is that right? Or you... Oh, yes! My <laughs> queen! Um, well, Paul was away, so we're back this week. We're still not with uh, Mr. Barry uh, Barrington, Barry Lad Murphy, um, who does have internet and a desk now, so we're getting, you know, closer to his return. It's a little bit like Bray Wyatt, you know, you just sort of see the clues there, you know, he yeah. posts a desk on Twitter, then he's got a mic, then he's got the broadband man coming around. Just put all the clues together and eventually you kind of figure it out, you know. Barry Murphy, is, could he be returning next week? Possibly. <sighs> well. Find out. Find out if he is indeed the White Rabbit. Um, but we're back. We're back again this week to uh, once again unleash our, our new format on the world. So, of course, it's uh, news, cues, and reviews. We killed off the guffs after several years. Yes. Um, we're, we're into a whole new era now. And um, I got some good good feedback on it from you know people that listen. Let me yeah. know that. It was good. It was freshening things up. Went to the the big story straight away. So we'll we'll be bringing that to you. Um, yeah, again this week. So let's let's jump straight into the news, Paul. Let's jump straight in. Do you want to start with your trip as you're back now? Is that can we hear about yes. your little excursion? Yeah. Um, so I was in England last week. Uh, I wasn't there on the day of the funeral. I was out of there beforehand. Hmm. Um, so I flew in on the Saturday, the 17th, looking at the dates now. Yeah. Hmm. And flew back Sunday night. So unfortunately I wasn't there for the, um, for the funeral, but I was there for, uh, a couple of minutes silences. Hmm. One, uh, immaculately observed. Uh, in the DW Stadium by the fans of Wigan Athletic and Reading. And one slightly less well-observed one in uh, Goodison Park. Mm. Um, now, if you watch Everton's official YouTube channel highlights uh, video package, as I have, uh, <laughs> you would think that it was immaculately observed, Joe. <laughs> no smackdown pops or anything. they've done no they've they've uh taken out they've 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 muted the uh the the fans there because what actually <laughs> happened was they they would say we're going to stand for a minute's silence for the queen and that and you'd maybe have like three seconds silence one person over in the corner boo and then you'd have one person probably a west ham fan shut up you dickhead and then that would repeat throughout. Um, one person would boo, one person, boo, shut up! And, and it was very funny. And uh, and then the National Anthem played both times as well. Um, I obviously don't know the words to the English National Anthem, so I, I didn't sing along. Um, <laughs> neither did any of the Everton fans in attendance. They just sang an Everton song mm. over the top of it. So it was like an Everton God Save the King remix of sorts. Um, but as far as the trip itself went, it was, um, fun to go see some, um, footy matches. Uh, sad to report that my 
streak of seeing matches in England that finish 1-0 is now at 4-0. Four straight 1-0s in a row. (laughs) Can I get a second goal, please? No, I think it is the second most likely scoreline. Yeah. I remember looking. I don't know if you remember back in the day on the forum we used to have the predictions football yes, predictions game, yes. and I used to put one one for every single game every week. <laughs> I was I was so far ahead that, that Jensen, who was running the game, had to change the rules so that you couldn't have the Just same result for more than three matches. Yeah, yeah. so I would literally because that's the most, statistically the most common result is one all. So I just put it for, <laughs> put it for everything, and you're bound to get like at least a couple right every week. So. I would love a one all. To be fair, one all one would be a lot of fun. Yeah, one nil is has always been a bit of a drag, and it seems like when you're watching a game that finishes one nil, like. Scoring is the most impossible thing because every yeah. game I've seen. So I've seen four Premier, well, three Premier League games and one Championship game now in England. I've flown over Manchester United, Birmingham City, opening mm-hmm. day of the season, two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. Uh, Sunderland, Bolton in Bolton, which was the day before, so really the opening day, uh, and now Wigan, Reading, and West Ham, Everton. Um, and in every one of them, it's just a struggle to score. You know, mm. I part of me almost wants to just go see, uh, go see Man City, Bournemouth, and just get a lovely eight nil just to get some goals. Yeah. Um, there wasn't even any VAR in the Everton West Ham game, which is secretly what I wanted to see. So, like football wise, it was I guess kind of a, a flat <laughs> weekend. Unfortunately, the two games that I've gone to see, obviously the original plan was to see. Wigan and and Man United leads. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the the Queen put paid to that, so uh, Everton West Ham was the uh, contingency plan, which turned out to be nice. We, we we took the train from Wigan down to Liverpool. Had uh, uh, five guys in Liverpool there, Ooh. which is very nice, and then walked up to uh, Anfield and just have a look. Um, obviously. Yeah. Not going to give them any money. Not going to have a, a real uh, reverent look around. Yeah, shit, I want it. Yeah, flick, flick them oh, the V. And, um, also shit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then obviously at Goodison Park, you're in. I assume you're in, obviously in the home end. Um, I was in the home end for both games. What's it like? Because I've been there once. I went to an FA Cup game. Yeah, uh, this was year, about 15 years ago, mm. and the away end was one of the shittest places I've ever been <laughs> in my entire life. I, like it was—it's an old wooden stand that kind of creaks right. when you you jump up and down. Um, I d- no, I thought it was—I thought it was—I want to say relatively nice because I think mm. most of the football stadiums I've been to have been in some need of despair. I think Bolton's was fairly nice at the time. That was the Reebok. It's not called the Reebok mm. anymore, obviously. But that felt like a, a modern stadium. Surprisingly, although small, I think the DW Stadium is, is well put together. Goodison Park, it's obviously old, but I didn't come out of it thinking that that was a, a, sh- a shithole. I thought it was okay. decently nice. I was in the end where the goal was scored, um, and I was at the, the, the top tier there. And it was fine. Easy to get in and out of, which is the most important thing. Mm. Um. And then, yeah, like I said, there was uh, there was some very funny fan interactions in the two games. There was the uh, "shut up, you dickhead," which was almost like partridge-esque, and that 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 guy who shouted it, his voice was so perfect for it. Um, but then, secondly, at the Wigan game specifically, 
there was a, a the 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 classic you you know when you watch um secrets of pro wrestling mm. with um the cat from Sabrina doing the voiceover <laughs> Nick Nick Bakai um that there's the the old granny in the crowd oh god we had we had the football granny who I swear every maybe three minutes and this is this is in a in a in a mank accent as well because you know Wigan is just great about it. put your bloody foot in. Put your foot in, lad. Uh, which was very, very funny. And then, even funnier, funny in how unfunny it is, uh, it, at the Everton game, there was a bit where uh, Antonio, not got fouled, but he like fell over for some reason next to the dugouts. And this person, again, an older lady, just th- thought it appropriate to say out loud, I bet Frank Lampard said to him, Get up! <laughs> I bet Frank Lambert didn't say get up to him, actually. No, no. But I thought that was very funny as well. Um, so, yeah, they were both lovely uh, experiences, both both of the games. There were, were no um, no argy-bargy that I was I saw or anything like that. Um, I will say on the way back, so our plan was we stayed in Wigan overnight in... <laughs> A room above a pub, mm. which is perfect for what we needed. Um, but the, the plan was we only stay there overnight, check out in the morning, obviously. Get the train down to Liverpool, see the second game, mm. and then get the, the train from Liverpool back to Manchester Airport and fly out. Uh, only all the trains back to Manchester Airport were cancelled. Oh, no. Yeah. So there's no problem on the way in, no problem yeah. getting to Liverpool. And actually, when we bought the train tickets to Liverpool, I accidentally, because I'm a tourist, I don't know how shit works in, in England, I'd accidentally bought two return tickets from Wigan to Liverpool. And they turned out to be very handy in the end, in terms of oh, getting, at true. least, like, rather than getting a taxi from Liverpool to Manchester Airport, mm. we, we got the train back to Wigan and okay, got a taxi from Wigan to Manchester. Never enough. Yeah. yeah. Half the distance, probably. Yeah. More. Um, so, yeah, very fun. Uh, bizarre, I will say. You know when you watch TV shows, say you're watching, I, I assume you have the same thing, maybe maybe you're more used to it now, but when you know when you go to Los Angeles where you watch a TV show set in a certain part of the world and then you mm-hmm. go there and everyone has that accent. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you, so I spent one day in Wigan where everyone sounds like Gary Neville <laughs> and then in Liverpool where everyone sounds like Jerry Carragher. Yeah. And it's, it's weird that people actually speak like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it either when I go up there. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> Talk like that? Oh my God. Um, you, like a- you just be walking down the street behind some people and it's, uh, oh, blotch bloody football later, lad. Ooh, ick. Yeah, all that, all that. It does it nice. Feel, when I go up there and kind of speak, I do feel very self-conscious. Like oh, yeah? having the ha- not having that kind of local accent. Yes, I, I almost like start to adopt it because I don't want it. You yeah. feel like you, you, yeah, you're kind of sticking out too much, or they're going to know that you're a southerner and they don't want. Don't well, that happened because I I started doing it as a, as I guess a kind of imitation, and then I just yeah. found myself starting to talk like that very quickly after having arrived. Yeah, strange. Um, but it was very nice. Uh. I did um, immediately prior to going on the trip uh, hurt myself uh, at the gym. I uh, I don't know what I did to myself, but I felt a pop in my rib cage. 
uh, and it's been sore ever since. This was last the Thursday before last, so we're mm-hmm. talking about nearly a week and coming up on a week and a half. And it's just today. Today is the first day in a week and a half where it it hasn't been worse than the day before. Um, so I don't know. Did I hurt a muscle, a ligament, or actually crack a rib or whatever? I don't know. Um, but I've been like waking up in in, in intense pain <laughs> every morning. Oh no. I haven't gone to the doctor because I, from what I hear with ribs, they'll basically tell you, yeah, you've hurt your ribs. There's not much we can do about yeah. it. Yeah. I seem to say that for a lot of things. <laughs> Just wait for it to heal. Just try to injure it, it again, basically. Yeah. So it's been a week and a half. It's still very sore, but every single day since I did it was, was worse than the day before. And then, yes, well, actually, yesterday was the first day where it felt the same as the day before. And today is the first one where it feels slightly better than the day before. So hopefully we're knock on wood on on the mend. Um, but that meant getting around and stuff like that was a bit of a chore. Um, and uh, and then even today, um, Natty came by to pick up the last of the few bits and pieces I had around here, and even fucking lugging those boxes downstairs, even as I'm like healing now, was was a massive chore. So. Oh dear. Hopefully not too much longer out of action because I do want to get back to the uh, gymnasium and that. Clanging and banging. Get back to the clanging and banging, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, the only other thing from my week, and I know we're not, this isn't life go formatted, but just wanted to touch on it. So I was on another date. Ooh. And, um, date well, ooh, but it seems like both of the dates I've been on are not going to lead to anything, unfortunately. So. A uh, little bit of a knock to your old confidence. It's, it's, it's warm up. You know what I mean? The warmers, you know, the warmers, yeah, it's yeah. like, this is, you're on AEW Dark. You know what I mean? I know, you're, <laughs> I know you're used to being in the world title picture. I'm playing WWF WrestleMania 2000 career mode on N64, <laughs> and I'm still doing the heat matches where you're against the yeah. big meanie. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the second one I went on, I, I, I mentioned the first one very briefly the other week, and the first one was was nice, but there wasn't a lot of chemistry there, to be honest. Second one, I thought, went well, mm. but I knew that this particular lady um, was always busy, with just from what her job was. Like, I think I'm busy to the point where I have to go to the gym at, like, nine yeah. in the evening, but this, this lady was even busier than me. And so we went out, and it was nice, but then she said that she was thinking about it, and the timing to really work out um so yeah so i think what i'm going to do is just take a little bit of time off that whole endeavor and come back to it kind of fresh um, let, it, let it unfold i think you know let it, let it happen organic let it organically yeah. you know if something happens if, well there's there's letting it happen organically and there's giving it anything giving it a, yeah not doing anything giving it a slight push to happen, I think is kind of the approach yeah. you need to take. Yeah. But it's nice to at least know that you can get past the barrier of the, uh, the app and actually go out there and meet some people. It's very nice. But yeah. Hopefully the next one around the door will say, you know what? I'm not going to do any better than this slob. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's do it. Cashing in my chips. Here we go. So anyway, speaking yeah. of, the speaking queen of, and, of and the last two weeks injuries to a permanent end. Um, how's the whole shebang been on your side? Did the rock know about that as well? First, <laughs> he knew about the queen eight before everyone else, I think. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, 
Yeah, it's a couple of weeks. The only thing I was going to mention is, of course, I'm sure you've, I'm sure everyone around the world has heard about this, is the queue. We had this big queue in London. Yeah, I saw it when I was in Wigan. It went up that far. Yeah. The people queuing to to see the Queen uh, lying in in state in in a coffin. So I didn't actually obviously join the queue, but I did go to see the queue twice. Um, so you didn't go to see the queen, but you went to see the queue. I did. I did just wanted to like gawp at the sort of people that, that were queuing up. It looked like they were having a great time, to be honest. They had, you know, it was like flasks, um, flasks of coffee and sandwiches. Honestly, because you know it stretches way all along, all the way along the South Bank in London. And it's a very touristy area, and so there's lots of cafes and restaurants and takeaways. So there are people there just like with a whole pizza, just standing there having a little munch while you know they're waiting in the queue. Um, yeah, it's like it, in well, in the US when there's like a football game, what do they call that? Like a tailgate? Oh, ta- yeah, it was like a tailgating, but instead of a football game, you get to see the Queen lying in a coffin, which to be honest, I think I'd rather see that than a, than a football game. But anyway, yeah, that was quite entertaining. Um, and then, of course, the day of the funeral was a bank holiday. Um, it was a very strange one, though, because it lit- everything was literally closed. Nothing was happening, mm. even compared to, to Christmas Day. And there's normally like a few shops open. Uh, people do people who don't observe Christmas, that kind of thing. Whereas it was a very kind of eerie day. So this was a Monday and um, yeah, very quiet, nothing going on. So we just sat and watched TV for like six hours. Um, so that was that. And now um, Michelle is actually off in the US for a couple of weeks. Um, oh. So I'm left to my own devices uh, at the house. So I haven't been up to too much uh, in all honesty. Um, but what I did do this week, uh, Paul, is watch a little bit of uh, AEW Grand Slam. So we're gonna we're gonna give you yes. a full review in a minute in the reviews section. But I think yeah. just to kind of cover off the big news stories. So firstly, uh, new world champion Jonathan Mo- Moxley. Yeah, what's what's old is new again. What's old is new. Three time uh, world champion. It feels like uh, more, doesn't it? With how yeah often he's back won and, recently. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah, we have got we are getting a little bit kind of attitude era where I don't know if you remember the world title would seemingly change hands every four yeah, well, days. Like didn't mankind hold it like three times between December '98 yeah. and February '99 or something. Yeah, yeah, the belt was constantly changing hands. Um, so I, I was surprised. I was a bit surprised. Um, we can review the match, but um, I really thought Brian Danielson was going to win, so I was a little bit surprised. I thought in just in the name of changing it up, I thought he was going to win. But I guess I didn't realize at the time that there was a Cincinnati show coming up. So I guess yeah. it makes sense to have Mox uh, hold it there. Um, yeah, surprising result. Only insofar as how often can you go back to Mox? I, I mean, I think it's a shame that Punk beat him at the pay-per-view in a sense because mm-hmm. um, Moxie has definitely been the rock not Dwayne Johnson but the rock that's kind of held AW up this year in the midst mm. of all this chaos and everything that's gone on injuries and uh you know even, even back as far as um forbidden door injuries and uh, backstage uh chaos and everything mm. moxie has been the the constant throughout that so i understand why they want to keep him at the forefront and put the belt on him but um, it feels like now we've had three, is it three vacant titles that have all found their way back to Mox? Certainly the interim mm. one he won. Well, it wasn't vacant when he, he beat Punk in that very quick match yeah. on Dynamite. 
and then well that was a unification so i guess that, Unif- that's why that yeah. felt that way and now this one he's won again um yeah the only thing i'd be worried about is is kind of diminishing returns with that um i think that mox is is a great champion and certainly someone that they should continue to build the promotion around mm. uh sorry someone someone who's slightly less volatile than cm punk um so i think i think long term is probably the right decision short term you know i like to be surprised when i watch mm. the wrestling and so i was kind of hoping that they would go with the the newer shinier oh we've never seen him as the champion but uh ultimately they did they didn't do that way and then um we'll obviously get your thoughts on Mox champion uh in a second but then we also had um on rampage this week uh the new number one contender hangman page which is again another kind of former champion retread yeah i i guess it maybe it depends obviously where they're going and maybe just if they're building to mjf maybe mox mjf makes more sense and then they go to maybe danielson chases mjf or something like that and then that's quite a fresh feud because obviously we've never seen that mm. match we've never seen that feud so yeah It'd be a shame if Mox was like another stepping stone. Because I think his his interim title reign was fantastic. Like that was probably the best title reign of the year when he, you know, when he was holding that belt and he was coming out every week yeah. and, and defending it against someone different and he felt really hot. And it was almost a shame that Punk kind of came back and interrupted that. Like, uh, <laughs> although I get that Tony wanted to go back to Punk, it kind of felt like he should have just run with Moxley. And in a way, we would have avoided right. everything that happened to a degree. Um, if, if that happened but anyway sure um i think uh yeah mox and hangman is going back a bit but um i think that would be a good match and a good good kind of main event okay we're back uh some technical difficulties there joe let's do a quick wrestler 20 questions before we get into the reviews yeah um, go for it okay i have the wrestler here oh I'm gonna go for got it. The okay cool um Okay, do they wrestle for Impact Wrestling? They do. Uh, is it Heath Slater? Correct. You got it in two. Yeah! Wow, a new, a new record. <laughs> I wonder if the people are going to buy that one. Um, just so people know, we've we've been recording. Well, recording. We haven't been recording. That's totally my fault. Hands up on that one. Um, we had some tech issues and we we restarted the recording only i never pressed record so we've been talking for like 20 minutes we had a luckily we 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 only missed the tail end of the news and the 20 questions so if we're going to miss some recording at least it's arguably the least important part anyway talking we're we're on to the review section now we're talking about grand slam the jericho claudio match super good it Um, was very good um Funny thing is, so actually, you know, I went with Michelle to the airport uh, on Thursday. So I, I, I didn't watch Grand Slam first thing. I actually had to avoid the spoilers all day because um, right. I went on one of my big walks, you know, just a little 15 mile one. You know, yeah, nothing, nothing no, too major, but yeah, it was very nice. But anyway, I got back at about three o'clock and um, yeah, put the show on. Accidentally opened Twitter, as you do, and um, caught a glimpse of the trending topics, which were at that point, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Hater and Batista. I was like, yeah, here we go. Tony's <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally giving us the uh, the mixed intergender tag team that we've been yeah. looking for. But no, now, now we know why Batista didn't do Hall of Fame this year because yeah. he was in negotiations with Big T. 
Took the TK to get that that Jamie Hater. Yeah, were you hey, disappointed to then not get Batista on the show? A little bit. Like come I the mean, end, we were like, surely he's going to come out now. Like, I was like, oh, where's, where's, where's Batista? But you <laughs> never know. You know, you see that kind of thing. You're like, hmm. Oh, I don't think he's going to be, but you never know. Uh, it could be promoting a movie or something. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, so into the show. First first match, Chris Jericho, Clestinoli. As you say, I thought a very good match. Surprising result, but um, kind of interesting to have Jericho as ROH champion. Yeah, it does yeah, make sure. it feel a little bit like it's the hardcore title or something, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I was going to say it makes it feel... Oh, you more, think it has more... prestige, the Ring of Honor title? No, not prestige, but like it, it feels less of a geek title, I suppose. Right. To have a, a, a high-profile wrestler. Not that Claudio is a geek, you understand, but yeah, yeah. Claudio is, is importance-wise, not quite on the tier. So it feels like it's it's moved up the ladder, so to speak. For me, it kind of reminds me of when like Kane won the ECW title. Or <laughs> 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 when Chavo won it. When Vince <laughs> won the ECW title. When Vince won it, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I love I loved the idea of Jericho showing up in Ring of Honor. Yeah, like <laughs> paying well, tribute to uh, whatever what whatever their next show is, he'll presumably main event it, and they'll use that be. for selling, yeah, tickets and stuff. Having um, go against the Ring of Honor legend, <sighs> Chris Jericho, Davy Richards, or oh, <laughs> Nigel. Um, oh. uh, yeah, the Carrie Silken stuff I thought was too silly, and he yeah. There was there were two bumps on this show that I got, I just got to point out, right? Carrie Silken here being being very carefully shoved to the ground, mm. and then later when um, MJF pushed Tony Schiavone on the stage, yeah. Do you know what immediately went into my head when I saw how Schiavone took that bump what was, was that? when when Paolo De Canio pushed Paul out, <laughs> and he he wobbled for about five steps and then went down. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. That was exactly what it looked like to me. There's there's your arc, by the way. Get get Paolo the Canio pushing the ref and MJF's head and uh, and Shivani's head on it. Um, yeah, I mean, here in the context of of a, a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship match for this this owl fella to be um, rolling around on the ground was a little bit. See, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jared, give him a slap or something at least. Like it, it was mm-hmm. it was simultaneously too careful. To, for me as a fan to be outraged that they're attacking this fella um and and also i don't i don't really care about this man who used to run ring of honor from 2004 to 2011 or something like who cares yeah, yeah. he's not a, as far as my fandom is concerned he's not a beloved figure in the world of wrestling you know um so that was kind of silly but i thought the match itself was very very good and uh, Jericho obviously uh, won with a low blow kick, which I now, when I'm watching wrestling, refer to as working the balls. <laughs> um, uh, and then hit hit a very poor Judas effect <laughs> for the win. Yeah. Um, yeah which missed bit. by a good foot. Um, and yeah, I like the ongoing story where Garcia is the reluctant one and Mm. Oh, you won, but you again, again, you had to like cheat in that. Um, yes, very, very good. Then 
we had the uh, world tag team titles on the line. And of course, Joe, you and I were very much pulling for the acclaimed. I had my acclaimed t-shirt on. Everybody loves the acclaimed. During the, during the game, during the match. Um, we'll say not as good as the pay-per-view match. No, it wasn't. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I think they, I think they overthought it as well with Billy Gunn getting involved and some of the was it like the boom box and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did think the pay-per-view match was better, but I don't know, arguably a better time to switch the titles. So they could have just done like their first title defense here. That's what I was going to say is yeah. obviously you don't know in advance that the pay-per-view crowd is going to be so crazy for the acclaimed. Um, and obviously you don't know that the quality of the matches will vary. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's a classic example of the way the match was going at the pay-per-view. That you just call a little audible and put the belts yeah. on them there and then. Because the reaction to them winning here was was great. But I feel like it would have been even better if they had won at the pay-per-view where the crowd so wanted them to win. Mm. And I, I, I think that's also where you overthink it a bit where you say, well, we're, we're doing the Grand Slam in New York. So mm. obviously it's going to be a bigger deal there. And actually, I don't know that that is the case. Um, yeah, I thought the match itself was fine. A little bit sloppy, Joe, towards the end. Mm. A little bit sloppity boppity. A few moments where they didn't really seem to know what was happening. I didn't get what the spot was where Caster came off the top rope and hurt his leg. What yeah. that was all supposed to do. It kind yeah. of killed the momentum of the match as well. It did a bit. Um, um, and then they won and celebrated, and it was happy. But it was good. Yeah, I, I, it would have been nice if they'd come out as champions as well. I think that still would have been a great moment, like coming yeah. out in New York with the belts and everything, and uh, beating them again and celebrating. But yeah, it is what it is. So um, I think they it's, it's great though, still great. I look. I mean, to it's that. great that they've gone in only a handful of months from uh, vignettes on Rampage with the Gun Club. Yeah. to the tag team champions they've kind of made yeah. that for themselves and actually what i thought at the time was a, a demotion of sorts that gun club pairing actually worked wonders for them because mm. it, it got them the billy gun pairing yeah this is me daddy ass and, and that all grew organically as well obviously that's so, fair. the guns are just they're very good heels as well i think i have to say the so. gun boys as much yeah. as we you know mocked them in the past for Looking like shit Billy Gunn action figures. <laughs> <laughs> Not being good. They're very loud, obnoxious heels as, yes. a, as a tag team. And that's what you need. You had, you know, you had them a great foil for, for uh, Max and, and Anthony and yeah. uh, a great kind of finish to that feud as well. So, yeah, it's just goes to show, you know, you have good storytelling, good heels and faces and rich and stash. Yeah. So the acclaimed join... Uh, the the increasingly lengthy list of great teams who have held those belts. Mm. Young Bucks, FTR, Lucha Bros, Swerve in Our Glory, um, mm-hmm. SCU, slightly less so. Jurassic Express. Not Jurassic old. Express, yes. Um, and then we had FTR backstage with the uh, the Gun Club, and that was a good little segment. Um Wheeler Yuta interviewed and MJF came out and shoved um shoved their little Tony like the ref. Mm-hmm. Um uh Yuta uh not a great promo and having him go toe to toe with MJF on the microphone was um 
I don't know. There's, there was a little bit of Logan Paul Rowan Reigns to it here. I feel. Um, I um I don't know. I thought it was okay. Maybe I just had low expectations. Oh, it you kind know? of exceeded. Yeah, it exceeded the bar that I'd set based on a, doing a live promo in front of the the crowd. You know? Had the had the bar was it a limbo bar that had just fallen off and was just lying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it. I thought it. It went. It went well. I don't know. It, um, it, I I think he he didn't come off very natural. Obviously. It was very, I'm wrestler and you're MJF. And hey, somebody, I, and I hate when wrestlers do that. Uh, and unfortunately, ladies, I'm sorry, but the, the women wrestlers do it mm-hmm. all the time, where they do that sarcastic thing. Oh, I'm being sarcastic. Da, da, da. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought poor Yuta, who's, who's really improved leaps and bounds in the ring. Uh, I thought he came off really flat here. But MJF, similarly, I don't know what it is about his delivery since he came back. I don't know. I, I feel like something is lacking in MGF's delivery mm. since return. Um, I don't know that it, he, if it's his his kind of sarcastic delivery of "I'm I'm getting load of money" or something, but I, I just feel like he's kind of lost a little bit of an edge. Mm. Um, well, when he because he obviously left with that whole you know work shoot thing and the yes. Brian Pillman esque thing, and that was very like intense and bitter and quite sort yeah. of nasty but now he's come back as kind of jovial i'm gonna call you all fat and ugly mjf yes you know what i mean it's like yeah that was kind of erased almost so mm. and I, I don't mind that he's not doing the same thing but i just feel like what he's doing now is a lesser version of it yeah certainly when it's wheeler Utah that he's doing the promo with and then Will, william morrissey or w morrissey came out and didn't really do anything. <laughs> Nothing can happen there. Um, so anticipating we'll probably get a Utah MJF match in the build up to the the Mox match, whenever that might be. Um, what do we have then? Pack Orange Cassidy. It was okay. No, I, I quite enjoyed it. Not as fun as their um, Revolution match. Ah, well, I mean that would that's one of the best matches. I know. I hesitate to say one of the best matches ever in AEW, but um, I yeah, obviously didn't live up there. But I, I thought it was very good. Um, although I will say, so just just to go go through it here, we had Jericho Claudio with Jericho going for the bat and winning via low blow. Uh, acclaimed Swerve in her glory attempted boombox shot, and then Billy Gunn interference with the Fame Master. And then here, Pac hits him with the with the hammer. Too much shenanigans. Yeah. In literally every match here. Yeah, and why was this neat? Why did why do you have to protect Cassidy with a weapon shot? I mean, he can lose, can't he? It's not. Didn't he just lose to someone totally undeserving? Who did Orange Cassidy lose to recently? Yeah, it was some match was. where he was beaten clean by someone. It wasn't like. Kip Sabian, but it was someone on no, that. Uh, yeah, not much better. Hang on, I, I, I'm, I'm revisiting for what, what will appear to the listeners for the first time tonight, but actually the second. I'm going to go to Cage Match to see who Orange <laughs> Cassidy was beaten by, who had no business beating him. Uh, matches, okay, over to AW Pack. Okay, we have that one. Trios, trios. Um, Jay Lethal. I don't think Jay Lethal is the one I was thinking of, but possibly it was. Oh, I think it was Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal beat him clean mm. as a sheet. 
Yeah, that's what it must have been. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so it was. It was. It was all right. It was all right. I wouldn't. I. I don't think. Yeah, Pack needs to be using the ring hammer. I, I'm a little bit confused with the um, the alignment in in Death Triangle. Anyway, now that they're the, the trios boys, because mm. I don't know. Phoenix is so ostensibly a babyface, and then Pack's using a hammer to be Orange Cassidy. So I don't know. I don't know. Shades of Grey. Um, then Tony Storm won the four way. Yeah, good um, decent match, which was good. Yeah. Um, and then we obviously the the match was undercut somewhat by the big debut. It was a little bit, and I thought, um, obviously, I think a lot of people, or certainly I would have expected the Jamie Hayter turn uh, on this show. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. they kind of went the other way with it. I don't think that necessarily means we're not getting it, but... I mean, I think we're not maybe... getting it anytime soon. No, I don't know. They were, like, hugging and stuff. I think maybe, yeah, but she's some mind games, Paul. Just just mind games. You know, I'm. I've been waiting so long for some kind of Britt Baker turn, and it's still. It's been like two years now, and still hasn't happened. So, I'm reluctant to uh, Mm -hmm. go along with that line of thinking. Um, as much as everybody wanted it. Oh well. Uh, and then we had the main event: Mox and Danielson, and I thought it was. Bloody good. It was it was bloody good with a surprise ending, but yeah, as as we discussed. But yeah, good good match. Very, very good. Uh, I mean I again right. I don't think it was as good as their match they had to when where the Regal came mm. out afterwards to form the BCC. I don't think it was quite that good for me. Um because I don't there was no um no blood in this one, am I right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think it was. Um, I remember thinking there was one match. I, I was the um, the main event of Rampage that I was surprised that there was no blood. Hobbs and Starks. Oh, yeah. The lights out, yeah. Because hmm. mm. for a company that loves a bit of blood and to an extent, I think overuses it. That's that's the time where I was surprised that they didn't, they didn't use any. Um, yeah, so I thought Dynamite start to finish was very, very good. As you might expect um, it to be. Although there was one fellow who kept holding up his belt with NWO on it. Oh, I saw that. I was so annoyed oh, by that. What it's a knob. What a knob. Stop. Uh, but like, really it, it wasn't like a clever sign or it wasn't a personal joke to people watching. Mm. Literally holding his belt up for the cam to. Like, what? Why? What do you get out of that? I don't know. And yeah, and it was deliberate as well. It wasn't just like, oh, oh lifting deliberate. the belt in excitement. It was like, look at my belts, look at my belts. Like, Who gives a fuck, mate? So you paid 250 quid for an NWO fucking WCW title belt. A replica belt. Jabroni mark. Yeah. Um, fucking spend it on cards at least, lad. Um, another annoying thing in the main event, which I forgot about, was the what? MJF was up in the, uh, oh, the, in the box, in the Royal box. <laughs> and they constantly cut to him. It wasn't just like two or three times. It was, it was too much. Times. It was too much. Yeah. It was like, okay, we get it. He might cash in. We get it. 
I don't know if it keeps telling us. Well, I think what was especially annoying was that he would just be like sarcastically clapping during it. And yeah, kind of under underplaying. He was that. one step away from Mike Tyson yawning during the match. <laughs> show him at the beginning and then maybe show him at the end. Mm. And I get that, that is enough. Trying to keep people hooked in case he catches him, but I, <sighs> you know, whatever. Very annoying. Uh, then we went to Rampage. Um, I thought this was a really fun show. Um, it kind of reminded me of like the first half of a pay per view because it was lots yeah. of fun, lots of fun tag matches, <laughs> um, hardcore match, battle royal, that kind of. You know, I wonder I mean? if it's you like, watched Rampage first and with the spoilers edited out. Obviously, this, yeah. this is a fan edit version. You watch Rampage first and then Dynamite. I think that you'd get a pretty Solid I think it'd be like a great pay per view. Yeah, you got all the main events on Dynamite, and then the yeah the fun stuff on here. So Sting and Darby versus the House of Black with the aforementioned Julia Hart uh, <laughs> head bump, <laughs> nasty nasty plunge off the table through the table, um, just about through the table. <laughs> fun, 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 fun match. I was, I mean, Sting and Darby Allen always really fun as a team. Like they really, rarely disappoint. Yeah, Sting, of course, with his uh, requisite bump off the top rope through a table on the outside. Oh, I know. He's fucking mental. Like, 63-year-old Sting, by the way. Unbelievable. Oh, he's um, tremendous. And, of course, at the end, I marked the fuck out. The Great Muta. For, for Muta. <laughs> I love the Great Muta. Him and Jushin Liger are the two guys from like WCW, early 90s. That, they're the only two Japanese guys that I really do. That's sort yeah. of like... The, the the occasional like random person in WWE in the Royal Rumble, mm. um. So those those were always my two favorite Japanese wrestlers, and so very excited to see him. I mean, I know he's like even older than Sting, <laughs> probably much worse shape as well. I think he's younger than Sting, actually. He looks worse. If you can be, oh yeah, he's all hunched over and stuff. But I I believe he's so a like, year or two younger. Sting sixty three. Oh yeah, he's a spry fifty nine. There you go. Um. Yeah. There we go. Uh, he, I mean, he's got the same thing as Sting, where he's got the mask on and everything. So, he, it, so it kind of hides it to an extent. He doesn't look that. He's he he, the grey, hairy chest, though. <laughs> yeah, he's, his upper body is like in good, really good shape. Like he's quite yes. muscular. He doesn't look like flabby and sort of, you know, old. So, I think he can pull it off. And if he does a six man, uh, like a retirement sort of match, um, yeah, and Sting's going to be involved in that apparently as well. Sting, Muta, Darby. Yeah, I, I think I assume he's going to do a match here as well in the US. Or here, I mean in the US um, <laughs> with AEW um, as well as in Japan. I'd like I wonder if that. this was his AEW appearance. I hope, I think that'd be disappointing. You want to see, you want to see him again? You want to see Muda jump off a balcony? That's what you. Want I want to. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I want to yeah. see him jump off the stage and land on uh, Buddy Matthews. Well, how long do you think until we're getting like a sting? shooting star or something um i'd say next year next i think year. we'll save it for yeah we'll the bound for anything. glory bound for glory fuck that's the tna one the uh <laughs> double, or no, double or nothing main event sting breaks out the the shooting sting and star MJF. to the outside yeah brock lesnar style goes to the top <laughs> i could do sting and mjf kind of like stark 897 like as long, as, long is... as the ref is told how to count properly <laughs> They reversed the decision afterwards. Uh, that was good. And then Action Bronson and Hook defeated the Jericho Appreciation Society. Very, very fun. That was, I, that was a lot of fun. I love Action Bronson 
they only trained him on one move, shoulder barge. That's all you need, really. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did a, a, a um, shades of the uh, the British bulldog, nice running power slam. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was good fun. It was exactly what it needed to be. And typical of wrestlers like that who are who have minimal training. I I didn't notice any point of the match where he looked like he was lost or didn't know what he was doing and. <laughs> No, he didn't have the deer in the headlights. There was one bit where... Except when he was singing the theme song, and I think he forgot the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only... He was probably too busy thinking about the layout of the match. He was like... Possibly. Right, right shoulder shoulder block, shoulder block. Shoulder there was block. one bit where was they fine. did the, the double clothesline. He ran through him, and then it seemed like one went arseways. Mm. But um, it was very fun. Very, very fun. Yeah. Uh, kind of similar match, but Wardlow and Samoa Joe against Tony Neese and Josh Woods. Yeah, uh, very <laughs> half the length of the hook match, which is unusual. Yeah, two and a half minutes. Match. Um, but yeah, you got to see Wardlow and Samoa Joe, and that was that was kind of the point of it. So and that was fine. Um, Jungle Boy. Well, he gave, he gave Sterling the big power bomb. That was the payoff. That's which the- we, Joe, we never got the, him power bombing Big Satnam. What happened to that? Just forget about um, that. Don't worry about that. That storyline's finished. Mm, the whole him building to him powerbombing Big Saturn of Sing. They just I mean, if it means we don't have to, if we don't have to see the Impact World Order anymore. Oh, you I'm, will be seeing them. Don't worry about it. Uh, Jay Lethal please. will be on your screen every single show for the next ten years. God. Um. Um. So I, I have a point of contention for the next. Oh yeah. Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Ray Phoenix, which was great. But is it time for Jungle Boy Jack Perry to stop wearing the jungle gear and kind of move away from that a little bit? I think so. I think maybe they're transitioning it with the Jack Perry coming in. I think it could still be Jungle Boy Jack Perry. It just the gear and the music needs to change though. Yeah. It needs to get serious, goddammit. I don't think it's even serious, but when well, when, when you have the feud him. Yeah, well the feud that he's been having. And he comes out and he's running his fingers through his glorious yeah. mane. But he's like being serious and I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. And then he's coming. He's still got the little leopard skin pants and the yeah. little leopardy uh, knee pad covers. So it's like, okay, I think there's elements of that presentation that is in dire need of an upgrade. He's to come um, out in black tights. Black main event. Black main event tights. Brandy Orton... Randy I want to see him dressed like Randy Orton okay. with a fake tan as well. Shave the head as well. Fuck it. Well, I, I, I must say, watching this match, I was thinking, my God, the mileage you would get in a Jungle Boy hair versus hair match versus somebody. Oh, my God. That'd be good. Um, you'd have to give him a big payoff to, to cut that down. And to be fair, Ortiz lost that one, and his career has been in the fucking toilet ever since. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought the match was very, very good, as you might expect. Yeah. Um, and then after the match, fucking Christian Cage's music played, and out he came, still dressed to the fucking nines, arm in a sling. Yeah. And then Luchasaurus attacked from behind and laid him out with a big, a big choke slam. And Jericho said, "He's he, he's got a black mask now," even though Luchasaurus has been wearing that exact right attire for the last so, two yeah. months. Yeah. Nobody clued in Jericho on that one, I'm afraid. Yeah, so I guess we're getting Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. Yeah, of course. I think it would be better if he moved on, but I don't know. I guess this will send him on his way and put that chapter to rest. 
I have another one as well. Speaking of Jungle Boy mm-hmm. and, and what we were discussing. Same for Luchasaurus to an extent. They have kind of fixed the gear. He's got the black gear and the new Tron. Mm-hmm. And that. Do you think he needs to, they need to stop using Luchasaurus? Is that not a bit of a goofy name for... Lucha Zero. No, I, I just, in my head, I have a Christian segment where he's like, your new name is... Lucha Obscuro. Is, is Vredrank. Or something. It's just some... some. What was he in um, Lucha Underground? Was it um, Vibora? Wasn't okay. it when he was in the, the Lizard tribe? Yeah. Sure I think Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, those names worked as their little cute tag team where he came out on his shoulders and oh whoa and now that they're separated and this like present presentation wise they're going a little bit more serious i wonder if the luchasaurus name is something that they might mm. look towards as well um sammy guevara and eddie kingston i hated guevara's um and this isn't because we all hate sammy guevara which is you know is the case but i i didn't like his promo at all his delivery on it i think he could have been much more um subtle with his uh you know i i i want i want to apologize like at no point did i think in the promo oh number one this is actually an apology and even then mm-hmm. when he de- delivered the punchline of you know i'm sorry to call you fat piece of shit or even that wasn't particularly well delivered so i was um yeah, some of our shite carried man. Send, him to, <laughs> send him to wwe i thought uh, take Conti was or mellow was was really good on the outside of the ring in this match. Mm. I think her uh, her little facial reactions are very good. But Guevara, I don't know where it all went wrong for him. I Actually, I do. Is when, when he beat Miro for the TNT title. That was exactly the moment where you just suddenly are like, oh, this guy is this guy's a fucking virus. Um, anyway, I thought the match was 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 good. Uh, and except Kingston wouldn't let go of the hold after the victory. Yeah. Hit him with the three. Uh, what's the name of the move? The spinning breakfast? Uh, yeah. Whatever. The Urukan. The Urukan. The, yeah, the thing. And then um, he, he wouldn't let go of the hole, so they reversed the damn decision. Something, again, that doesn't happen very often. No, I didn't I didn't mind that too much. Um, there, there's, there's a storyline now that Tony Khan has ordered the rest to not be shit anymore. Do you think um, that's going to pay off in some way in some MJF related way somewhere. Maybe. I wonder if it's just uh, almost an acknowledgement that, okay, we're going to reset things and there's not going to be the shenanigans as much mm. anymore. Yeah. So maybe it's not really a storyline so much as just a little nod to that, which would be fine. Yeah. They have done a lot of, lot of run-ins and fucking post-match stuff. So yeah, just keep it clean. Keep it clean. I mean, uh, Jade, speaking of keeping it clean, Jade Cargill, Defeated Diamante. <laughs> I mean, that might have been the, the most predictable result of the year. Um, <laughs> and Diamante came out with Trina, who had appeared in a backstage on Dynamite. Mm. And I love it that Jade won, and then Trina slapped Diamante. <laughs> 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 what a fucking geek. What a geek. You lose, and the person who came with you is they were going to slap you around. Oh. oh, my God. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know we we threw the idea out there recently, but I think they will eventually just reach a point where she'll just vacate TBS and, and go for the world. I don't. I think we're probably closer to that than we realize. Um, and then we had, um, what F four W online, 
which I'm looking at here, lists as the AEW Golden Ticket Battle Royal. But I know that that was not the name, Joe. <laughs> it was the AEW Golden Ticket Battle Royale with an E, which I know we've been, we've been through that before. Now, as we mentioned, look, if, if it's legitimately a trademark concern, I, I will revoke my my nitpick about that. But when when Battle Royale came up on screen, my my toes curled like the fucking witch, the Wicked Witch of the West, brother. Which, by the way, I, sh- I shared that video recently again. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, I watched. It. I fucking love that. The toes curled like a Wicked Witch of the West, brother. I, I got a phone call. No, no. <laughs> the way he says, it's also the, the second time Bischoff mentions he got the phone yeah. call. The way he says the phone no. call is. And he throws his sunglasses on the floor. I've never seen him sell anything that hard. <laughs> if, if you haven't seen this, go to my Twitter, Paul Griffin CSP. I don't tweet much, so you'll find the video pretty quickly. A video I posted maybe, what, a week ago? The bear is dead. Which, which is, is a video we reference on this podcast a lot. No, not enough, to be fair. Um, is, it's some of the funniest, worst wrestling acting, maybe of all time. Uh, it's mm. featuring featuring Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, and Hogan. Um, I would love to get some uh, captions on it as well, because Hogan comes in and he's fucking happy about a plan that they've put in place to like beat up Sting and Ken Anderson. And he goes, and he's yuck, chuck, cha, brother, <laughs> totally over the top, but very, very funny. Anyway. Uh, this battle royal was another humdrum, boring uh, battle royal match, which uh, Adam Page won. Do you have any thoughts, Joe? I, I I like the fact that they just started it chaotically. We didn't wait for everyone to get in. At least that was a bit different. But well, that's because that, they're 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 at a, on a commercial break. That's why. Yeah, I did. I did feel it was a bit pointless because we all knew Hangman was going to win. There was no one else in there. Remotely credible. You didn't think John Silver in the final four was going to face Moxie for a title? Alright. So either him or Diamante. I don't know. <laughs> and then Ricky Stark's powerhouse hub in the main event, which was uh, the one example, I think, and I, I know we keep saying this, that some of the matches on these two shows weren't as good as the pay-per-view shows, which isn't a criticism on the quality of these shows, because these two shows were very, very good. But this is the one that was obviously was much better than the pay-per-view match. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was very good. Um, classic kind of hardcore match, not your sort of bloody brawl, but just a good no. hardcore match. Um, it was like a WWE hardcore match, yeah, a modern one yeah, with no blood so. in it, yeah, because there were um, oh, fucking Starks getting dropped onto the backdropped onto the chairs, ooh, gave me the heebie jeebies, and then I like when Hobbs pulled the thing off the entrance ramp, the light bar, and then they're mm. swinging that around. He took it in the face, which was good. Uh, and then the Rosham got the big, big, big hobs up for the Rochambeau. Just about got him over for it as well. Yeah, scary one, but he got it. He got it. He got it. And that was uh, that was Rampage. Yeah. Good Two very good shows. Show. The, the least right, skippable yeah. Rampage in a year. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Since Punk returned. It's true. Um, um, I want to talk a bit about SmackDown. Give us a SmackDown 
tantalizing teaser. So do they still watched... have the, the model? Com- the model ink. I don't know. They're still I don't on know. it. I don't know. You do- Why not? They're the both. I know. I loved. I loved. The, the, what the... was his name again? The magnificent. The Mas- Masse and Mansoir. 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 Um, I think they're still around. I don't know. But this perfect segue to Vorgi does not include the maximum male models and uh, Max Dupree. Um, no, it's Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. So Sam, lately, Joe, Sami Zayn has been trying to elbow his way into Roman Reigns' group, the Bloodline. Um, uh, you know, as context, and it seems like uh, Jay Uso mm-hmm. is none too pleased about this. Right. So they had a they had a, uh, that's that's your background to this promo, right? And so there was a, a promo where you you know hard cut to the bloodline, which is Roman Reigns, the Usos, mm-hmm. and the Sikoa, so, Solo Sikoa from NXT. He's he's on SmackDown now as well. Uh, it's them in the ring with Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn's got a bloodline T-shirt on, and Roman Reigns is telling them, "You you you got to take that T-shirt off. I don't want to see you wearing that T-shirt ever again." And Jey Uso comes over and and tears the shirt off him. <laughs> In rags now, he's now he's got the rags just hanging around his waist, and Roman Reigns says, "I don't want to see you ever wearing that shirt again because I got I got a new one for you." And he throws him a T-shirt, and Sami Zayn unfurls the T-shirt and looks at it and says, uh, "SZ Honorary Us." And Jey Uso, who had just been angrily tearing his previous shirt off, is now in like perfectly framed in the background, looking all pissed off about it, and. To give them credit where credit's due, perfectly performed, the way it was shot to show, like Sammy was then hugging them all, and just you would mm. see between their heads him in the background looking all like like Judas at the Last Supper, you know, that kind of oh, <laughs> not happy about this. Um I thought it was I thought it was extremely well done, I gotta say. Um more of this WWE. I mean, if WWE are ever and never say never in wrestling, Joe, as you know. But it, and, and I don't think it'll happen. But if they are ever to attract me back to giving them a try, it's more of this kind of stuff. More of this kind of stuff. Now, to be fair, since Trips took over, I've been hearing more and more good stuff about, you know, you're on SmackDown. Um, I will never do a three-hour Raw, to be fair. But SmackDown, more of this stuff. And I must say, Roman Reigns, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be news to anybody, but... Roman Reigns as a performer, as a heel, is is really at the top of his game. I think he's his even his little like mannerisms and his little subtle facial expressions mm. and movements, even within this promo, I thought were um like top level. Like he's really at the top of his game. Um especially when you compare back, like you think back to when he was first getting his push coming out of the shield as a babyface. And he was so out of his depth um, in terms of carrying, you know, carrying yeah. carrying himself as a star, uh, which is something that I think Moxley has really, um, on the AW side, has really recently, um, you know, come into another, even another gear in terms of carrying yourself mm. like a real, real mega star. I think Ron Reigns has that currently on SmackDown. So I must say, uh, credit where credit's to you. I watched a little bit of SmackDown, and my God, they they're they're doing good stuff over there, as far as I saw. And they, I didn't even watch the Mansoir bit, so there you go. Oof. Um, so we talked a lot of wrestling, Joe. 
We have. It's been a big, big week of wrestling. Um, let's get into some movies. Oh, let's yeah. get into some movies. Um, I I got, I've got a few uh, movies um, for you. I'm surprised by one of the ones I see here. So I don't think I think you you watch a movie. I don't think you've played any of the games that this movie no, is based on. So I'm very surprised. I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on it as well because of it. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that one. But in, in reverse order, so I, I okay. with Michelle away, I decided to watch just a few movies that are probably not the sort of thing we would normally watch. No, not, not, not that Michelle would hate them, but she, you know that. Sort of thing you should be like, oh, do you want to watch this? Well, yeah. even before you said that, I would categorize these movies as bloke movies. Oh, yeah, it's bloke movies. Not a woman to be seen. Um, so the first movie I watched was Speed. Uh, the movie <laughs> the movie about a bus what can't go less than 50 miles an hour. Yeah. The bus um, that wouldn't slow down. Which, having now visited Los Angeles, is absolutely hilarious because I guarantee there's never been a bus in Los Angeles that <laughs> ever go above 50 miles per hour because of traffic and because of how frequently they stop. Um, but yeah, of course, Keanu Reeves, uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Sandra Bullock in one of her very early roles, mm-hmm. uh, who I have to say kind of really steal, steals the film. I think her performance really, oh. really lifts it because Keanu's... I like Keanu, but you know he's a bit of a blank canvas. You know, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not full cool. of emotion, is he? You know. But yeah. I think Sandra Bullock really brings a bit of spark to it. Um, and I I enjoyed the movie. You know, we all we kind of know what it is. It's 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 a movie set on a bus. You know, I've never <laughs> seen. I've never seen. Speed. You've never I, seen Speed. I, I oh, own it. I own it on DVD, and I've never watched it. You should watch it. It's a fun movie. It's it, it's one of those. Um, this applies to the next movie I'm going to review, but it's one of those kind of post Die Hard. Um, let's take Die Hard and set it on a bus. somewhere else. Yeah, on a bus, on a plane, in a building, in a submarine. Well, Die Hard was in a building, I think. Yeah, but in a different kind a different of building. building. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem with these, these movies, though, is that whereas uh, John McClane was trapped in the building and couldn't get out, they're not really trapped on the bus. So at some point, obviously, they have to get off the bus or they're not on the bus at the beginning. So it's not like the whole movie's set on the bus. Right. So you lose that, that kind of claustrophobic sense of confinement where yeah, it's like, the rage I can't escape. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. Which I think right. does kind of undermine the, the concept of the movie a little bit because, right. uh, you know, once you see it. But um, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's one of those sort of 90s movies, very high concept and um, hits all the the plot points, you know, exactly mm. when they should. So I, I liked it and I, well, I enjoyed I, the chemistry. I watched one there recently that's very similar, um, mm. Unstoppable, the Tony Scott uh, last movie, I think it was, with with uh, Denzel Washington and, and Chris Pine. The train that wouldn't slow down. But no right. one, the runaway train that no one's on. So similar kind of thing, I guess. A lot of it's set yeah. on trains. That might yeah. be one for you to check out. It's very, very I'll fun. Check that one out as well. So, um, yeah, speed was good. Um, Con Air was the the second film I watched. So this is oh. Die Hard on a plane, but instead of terrorists, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> career criminal convicts being transported from one prison to another. Con so Air I never, McGregor. Oh, good one. Uh, I had never seen Con Air before. It's my first. I, time I've never it. seen it. It's um, probably one I've kind of overlooked, but essentially Nicolas Cage is in it doing that kind of Nicolas Cage thing where he's very big actor and he's doing a Southern accent in it as well. Very bad Southern accent. Okay. Um, which I, I didn't enjoy. So he plays a guy that gets kind of 
put in prison, not not falsely, but he's a good guy. We know we know he's really a good guy, but he gets put in prison for for a crime he commits. Um, and then he ends up on this plane full of kind of like murderers and rapists and uh, you know gangland bosses and kind of thing. And they essentially hijack the plane, and then it's you know planing being controlled by convicts. Um, I kind of enjoyed the first half because it really does kind of get play into like the concept and you've got all these like, it's almost like a, a kind of who's who of villains. You've got like the, the, the evil genius and you've got the like Hannibal Lecter type character and you've got the, you know, the guy who's good with guns and this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. That's quite fun. Um, it did lose me a bit in the middle because the problem is, as I mentioned, they keep getting on and off the plane. Like they're not really <laughs> trapped on the plane. Like a, there's a point where it lands and they, they get off for a bit and they get back on. And it's like, well, I, I thought they were going to be trapped. It was convicts trapped on a plane. Like, that's what I was yeah. expecting. That's what I wanted to see. And it kind of goes all over the place. It does have quite a strong finish, um, which I enjoyed. Um, overall, I, I would say disappointed with Con Air, though. Like, I wouldn't, if I was to compare it to like a Speed, I, I, I would happily rewatch Speed in the future. I probably wouldn't bother rewatching Connor. Yeah, you might watch um, Money Plane with Edge instead. I'd rather see. Yeah, I'd give Money Plane a go before I and and, and uh, Kelsey Grammer as yeah. the Budge, the whatever his fucking what character the, is called. Oh, the, yeah. What was it? I got Money Plane. Oh God, I can't remember. Um, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. And the <laughs> final, the final film, which I kind of yeah. watched. On a bit of a, I wanted to watch something a bit more, a bit new, a bit more kind of contemporary. So I was on now. Sorry. <laughs> Darius the oh. Rumble Grouch. Oh, the Rumble. Yes, the Rumble. The rumble. Uh, nobody fucks with the Rumble. That was, that was <laughs> a lot of shit. Well, Charity, yeah, yes. I, I wanted to watch something more contemporary and I was on Now TV and I saw uh, Uncharted, or as I thought it was called, Uncharted. I, I don't know. I think okay. that's the same thing, basically. Yeah. Um, starring Tom Holland and, and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I've never played the video games. I pro- don't even really know. I, I had heard what they were about. It's like treasure maps. Yeah, and, and Indiana Jones type stuff. Yeah. And I am a big... I do love like treasure hunts. I'm a big mark for treasure hunts. I love National Treasure, speaking of Nicolas Cage. Yes. I love too. both National Treasure movies because I love like clues and I love yeah, like, oh, they can figure out where to go to the next clue. And I yeah. like, I love doing treasure hunts as kids. So I'm always, I'm always up yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say this movie, it didn't give me what I wanted really. There wasn't a lot of treasure hunting and like clever. F- there, was a, there was an element to it, but it just, it wasn't that clever and it wasn't that exciting either. It just sort of, went from bit to bit to bit. Right. Um, I'd say annoyingly the film, it wasn't so bad that I wanted to switch it off, but it also wasn't good enough that I actually enjoyed it. It was uh-huh. kind of just right in the middle there. Like I'm not enjoying this, but also it's not that bad. So I'll keep watching it. Um, I, there were times where the chemistry between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, I thought was actually really good. And I was like, oh, they're actually quite funny together. And, you know, I could see them playing off each other really well. But this definitely wasn't the movie for it. Like, it felt quite flat. Uh, I would like to see them, like, together in a different movie. Like, right. uh, playing off, playing off each other as a kind of almost, not quite an odd couple, because they're not that different. But, um, yeah, some something kind of fun, adventure, action movie. I think they would be really good together. Um, but this just, the, the, a lot of the characters quite just uninteresting and it 
it hits a lot of predictable sort of notes that you'd expect as well. So yeah, I couldn't recommend Uncharted unless you're, I don't know, a mega fan of the games or something, but in which case you probably don't want to watch a movie about the game. You want to <laughs> just play the game. Exactly. Um, yeah, th- a solid kind of three-star movie. Like it's not terrible, okay. but I wouldn't ever recommend it to anyone. Mm. So that was on, yeah, Uncharted. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Uncharted is that the games themselves are very cinematic and that's kind of the, the right. pull of them. Gameplay wise, they're they're quite rudimentary, but they mm. they were revolutionary in having really advanced cutscenes and characters that people were super into. Um, which is obviously why they then went the movie route. But yeah, for all intents and purposes, what I've heard is that the movie, unlike the games, actually tells a story in a very bland way. So yeah, oh dear. Um, I watched two movies. One of them I've seen before. So when we flew out to England, um, we got a flight from dublin at like six in the morning so we were up at four Mm-mm. four a.m maybe and we went straight to england train to wigan and pretty much check into hotel and straight to the game yeah so i didn't bring my tablet with me we, we traveled very light uh because i i was thinking oh well after the game we'll we'll go get something to eat we'll explore and actually after the game we we're just too tired to do anything <laughs> so yeah. we just went back to the hotel had a nap and then like woke up at six in the evening with nothing to do. So um, Stan and Ollie happened to be on the BBC, which I've seen before. My brother's never seen with um, John C. Riley and mm. um, Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. And um, watched it again. And I still think uh, on second uh, watch, I still think it's very, very good. It's um, one thing I like. Now I'm generally not, a huge biopic fan as as we know but one thing i like uh in a biopic is that when it doesn't try and tell the whole life story in two hours when it just picks a specific point or story from that person's life so stan and ollie here is almost entirely set in like the final handful of weeks of their careers as they're winding down um and there's some really great uh, integration of like their actual skits into their real lives, which plays mm. into some of the more uh, emotional moments. Because it's, I guess, a comedy. It's it's more of a, a comedy drama, I guess. But then there's bits where uh, there's one bit where they have a big argument, and then I think um, Steve Coogan's character throws like a bun, and it hits um, John C. Riley's Ollie in the back of the head. And he just kind of turns around to give him a look like this isn't this isn't a bit. And so the way that they integrate that throughout, like the little mm. bits from from the um, Laurel and Hardy history into the the real life story, you see like oh, this is this is a, a, an event that happened, but they're they're playing with the actual like skits and they're in- integrating here. And then when there's a dramatic moment, they they immediately kind of stop and go, this isn't this isn't a bit. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's 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 definitely. Um, a Saturday afternoon movie with uh, tea and biscuits. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a very enjoyable one. It's very well made. And of mm-hmm. course, it's carried by two powerhouse performances. I think mm. they're both tremendous in it. Um, And then certainly less of a Saturday afternoon movie. I watched for the very first time ever, David Lynch's The Elephant Man is my favorite film. 
uh, David Lynch's Elephant Man, which is, you'll be surprised here, great. Hmm. Very sad. And um, more David Lynchy than I thought it was going to be. I thought Elephant Man mm-hmm. was going to be, as far as David Lynch films go, I thought it was going to be more straightforward than it was. It's not crazy David Lynch, like Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire, and, and later stuff like that. But it, there, there's definitely elements of a razor head and, and even Twin Peaks in there. Uh, the actual story is very, yeah, the, the the John Merrick, as he's called in this one, the story is very um, obviously sympathetic to him, and you see the the real vindictive nature of people and, and how he's mm. exploited and how people react to him throughout. Even the Anthony Hopkins character, there's a moment in the film where he kind of realizes that he's, in, in trying to help Merrick, he's actually kind of become the, the freak show um, owner. You know, mm-hmm. he, there's elements of that. He's, he realizes that he has elements of that within himself as well. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really, really great. Um, the black and white way it's shown definitely makes it feel like it's from the kind of I hesitate to say freak show era but at the time where movies like freaks were coming out even the way you know obviously it's in black and white it's 1980s movie so it's not just only shot in black and white but even the way it's lit and stuff makes you believe you're watching a film from like maybe the the 20s or the 30s um yeah it's not my favorite film as it is carol pittman's but i i was Really impressed. I thought it was very, very good. And uh, yeah, John Hurt's excellent in it, obviously, as the titular man. Hopkins is great in it. John Gielgud is very good in it as well. Uh, very sad, yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes you want to watch a sad movie, don't you? Sometimes you want to watch a movie that will um, be a bit shit. Sometimes you're in the mood. I was actually thinking of the week, I was in the mood for a really shit kind of horror movie i don't know why i just i just was stricken by that feeling of i don't know if you saw um escape room from a few like two or three years ago i was just suddenly in the mood for that kind of movie almost a national treasure kind of although national treasure is obviously a fantastic movie and i have one and two on blu-ray um but you know you're almost in a in the in the mood for a movie where i watch a movie with some clues and they follow the clues Mm. and da 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 um, but then sometimes you're in the movie, you know, it doesn't happen too often, but sometimes I, I, I do enjoy a, a movie that makes you feel. I think the Alfred Man definitely did that. Um, all right, on to movie adjacent. It's TV. <laughs> right there next to the movies. It's the On the same box where I watch the movies, sometimes I watch a TV on it as well. I've been watching lots of TV. Oh, Lots of TV recently, Lots to, TV. to the detriment of movies and games. I, I've just got it on a real big TV rush, and I think even over the last like two or three years, I've been, I think, of the three of us, the one who watches the least TV in comparison to playing games and, and watching yeah. movies. Uh, but this week, right? So let me just run through quickly what I've been watching. So, uh, I have been a person who's watched a lot of clips of Taskmaster on YouTube. Uh, I find it very fun, but I've never actually mm. sat down to watch the show in the, its intended format. Uh, so since we last spoke, I watched the first two series of Taskmaster. Mm. Uh, what? First of all, what a great little concept for a show that is. Um, 
and a very easy time sink to just yeah. sit down, put on an episode or two. The episode's like 45 minutes long, perfect length. Uh, the way it's segmented up into tasks, it's very easy to just pause after a task and come back to it. Uh, I do like Greg Davies a lot anyway. I think he's a great host. Uh, little Alex Horn, who actually is the the mastermind behind the concept. I think he's great as, as a little second. The um, the guests they've had on the first two series have been of a very high standard as well, I think. P- maybe people who I would normally consider myself a fan of necessarily, but um, I think they, they were all really good. I liked um, Josh Whittacombe on it. Richard Osmond was on season two. I thought he came off very well. Doc Brown, uh, Catherine Ryan, who I think I might be in love with now. Um, <laughs> who else is really good on it? Um, uh, Ranesh Ranganathan was really good on it. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is really good on it? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the people, but I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. And it's on all four, so of course... It's available for anyone in the UK and Ireland who wants to watch it for free. So I've been watching Taskmaster, uh, very much enjoying it. Uh, Rick and Morty, you might recall, I was very uh, not high on <laughs> after mm. the first two episodes. I thought season three was, a, uh, or episode three, was a much needed improvement. So I thought it was very good. Um, so happily to report on Rick and Morty, episode three was a bit better than the first two were. Uh, Beavis and Butthead continues to be, oh baby, excellent and funny, and probably my favorite current ongoing show outside of, of course, Succession, which is, I watched another episode of, which is far and away the best show on TV. Um, by, I mean, if Succession is a 10 out of 10, uh, the, the nearest I can give to another show might be a 7. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Succession, I, we've had this conversation already, so I don't want to mm. run it into the ground. But every episode of Succession I watch, it it just furthers the idea in my mind that it, it might be the best show I've ever watched. Ooh. The best show I've ever watched. It's I am constantly blown away by its quality, by its writing. In terms of unexpected twists, I don't think it ever lets you kind of rest on your laurel and think, I know what's going on here. Because mm. you never do. You You don't know what's going on. And the moment you fall into that sense of security is when is exactly when it twists the knife and tricks you. Um, so if people listening to this haven't watched Succession, and I know because I I've never watched Sopranos, I've never watched The Wire, I'm I'm stupid like that. But seriously, um, and this might be, if this is true of Sopranos as well, my God, what a little ride I'm in in store for here. Succession, Sopranos, still to come. But I'm I'm on season two, episode seven of Succession now, and it is easily the best show on tv currently and uh, like i said barring some kind of serious drop in quality is probably come the end going to be the best show i've ever watched um uh, what else i've been watching i'm nearly finished adventure time i watched the entire season nine and i'm on the finale of season 10 which is the series finale so i've got one episode left of adventure time so i watched like 20 episodes of that uh, very much like Adventure Time. Sad to see it go. It's actually already ended, obviously, quite a while yeah. ago. But um, that's been a nice little comfort show that I'm watching for the better part of a decade. Um, and yeah, maybe once I'm done with that, that might be a good time to uh, finally <sighs> blow the dust off and give uh, give Gravity Falls the rewatch. I've been 
longing for. It deserves, yeah. Oh, Gravity Falls, my goodness. What? Uh, speaking of finding little clues and da 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 da. Gravity Falls, what a fucking show. So yeah, Adventure Time almost done. Hopefully they wrap it up in a, in a nice little nice little bow come the end. Um, Lore of the Rings, <laughs> Rings of Power. <sighs> um, so I was I I really liked the first two episodes. I didn't like episode three. I thought it. I thought it really fell into the the Game of Thrones tr- season five trap of just feeling mm. like a, a constant stream of people boringly talking, boringly about boring stuff. Yeah. Episode four happily was a, a, a bit of a jolt in the right direction. Although reviews uh, that I was reading about the show were the exact opposite opinion of me. They thought that episode three was very good, and episode four the pacing was too slow. I was like, well, mm. I can take a slow show if what the content of it that people, the characters are discussing is interesting. And I thought season four had more interesting uh, little hints dropped at what might be to come than, than episode three. Episode three felt more like it was structured to please a, 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 a MCU audience. Whereas I, I appreciated the slower non-action uh, pacing of episode four because to me that's more kind of along the branding of Lord of the Rings. Um, episode three had fucking spinning sword, which like I don't really care for. Anyway, so halfway through that series, episode five is out. I just haven't watched it yet, but I'll hopefully get that watch before too long. And then finally, new series of Great British Bake Off has started on Channel Four. Uh, and I obviously started watching that last year for the first year. And I will continue to watch it this year. So two episodes in. I, again, I find it a nice little MasterChef, the professional's companion. I like those kind of shows where um, it's not just a cooking show in the sense of make the best food. There's creative elements to it. Make a cake mm. that represents a building from your childhood yeah. that means a lot to you. you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of into that. The one thing I'll say about Bake Off, though, is uh, that the episodes are, are far too long. One and a half hours. Each mm, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of bakers. Just, just yeah, but come on, edit, edit it down a little bit. <laughs> Did you like the um, Star Wars parody at the start of episode one? Um, <laughs> like is a strong, <laughs> strong term, Joe. I Got think that... Forward, I mean, all their little things like that they do are extremely lame. Mm. And yet there's kind of a, a campness to it. It's I like the te- teachers at school doing a little skit in assembly. It, exactly, you know, like, exactly, exactly. I, I did like the joke where he's like, what do you think of this barn? Oh, a bit on the dark side. Oh, that was yeah. That, that, that bit made me laugh. <laughs> the rest of the <laughs> Um Flan Solo, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite like British Bake Off. I like the structure of it. I like the creativity of the challenges. As I, I mean, I, along with the technical challenge, was a bit more conventional. I like the way they mix it up. Again, similar in format to MasterChef The Professionals, where, like, my favorite bit of MasterChef The Professionals is where they bring them in and do a, a surprise tech test, where they'll just bring them in and go, mm. yeah, make me, a, make me this um, obscure fish with some Bernays... Uh, class sauce on it and they're just mm. like what the fuck um 
Yeah, I, I do like I do like Bake Off in the same way. But like I say, sometimes I'm watching it and I look down at the clock and there's 50 minutes left. And I go, fuck it. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. So you've been watching as well, I, I take it then, yeah? Or uh, are the, f- you the first episode. Waiting missed... for Michelle to come back to continue it. Yeah, no, I missed episode two. I can't remember what I was doing, something else. But um, that was the day yeah. after the funeral, I guess. No, no, the first episode was the day after. Yeah. No, it was the second was Death Funeral. Yeah. I can't remember. But I, I tend to dip in and out of it. I do watch it, but I'm not like a You're you're an not a, a savant. You don't need no. to watch every single one. No. Okay. Yeah, well what I find, Joe, and you're not going to be privy to this, is that uh Sky and Channel 4 randomly will uh block some of the episodes for me uh, on the basis of my geographical location. because uh, I I watch it either on all four. Mm. Or my Sky Go app because mm. I don't have a Skybox. I have um, the parents have a Skybox, yeah. so I use their account for Sky Go, which I have uh, installed on my Xbox and on my tablet. Mm. Some weeks, no problem. Stick it on, watch the episode. Everyone's happy. Episode two comes along. All right, let me watch this whole baby. Uh, this is not available in your region. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, so I had I to get the old. Uh, the old virtual private network on the laptop going and uh, pretend I was in England so I could watch it on all four. Mm-mm. Very annoying. I mean, come on. Ireland, UK, what's really the difference? Certainly TV-wise. Let them watch it. We get BBC, we get Channel 4. Why? Come on, let's not pretend that Ireland hasn't been piggybacking off England's TV for the, the last... <laughs> 50 years come on so uh, yeah i think they should they should give a little wink and a nudge and say ireland is allowed to watch our stuff especially in terms of all the streaming platforms obviously disney plus netflix amazon ireland and the uk is one and the same we don't get a different netflix than you guys have. but we don't get mm. bbc iplayer at all no iplayer allowed in ireland because fund, funded by British taxpayers. Mm. Mm, Which sucks because stuff like, isn't BBC Three like, an online exclusive channel now only available it, on. It on, was. Uh, they've okay. actually put it back onto broadcast now because oh, they, they realized, they realized no a one watched it. <laughs> yeah, realized, oh, people do actually watch TV. Mm. Oh, dear. Put it back quick. Okay, that's everything I've been watching anyway. Nice. Uh, any well, we're nearly the end. Yeah. We're near the end of this show. Any any music games you want to quickly touch on? Well, do you know what to talk about your TV? Uh, oh shit! What? Is this my? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've, we've, there is some TV in the rundown. I wrote it last week. That's why I forgot because I forgot ah, the show. Okay. So I completely forgot it was in there. Yeah, I watched. Um, I'm still watching House of the Dragon. You're not watching. You haven't watched that, right? No, I no. I I'm not a big. Uh, as of uh, Game of Thrones, given up on Game of Thrones, right. so I I'm watching it. It's it's fine. I'm getting a little bit with it now. Yeah. It's the funny thing is it's progressing quite quickly in terms of chronology. It's, it jumps forward like a few months or years each episode. Yes. but it's, it's <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. It has like okay. it, the, in terms of the the dynamics and the tone, it kind of feels like it just picks up where it left off. Mm. So it doesn't give you that sense of kind of grandeur or that kind of epicness of six years later, the kingdom <laughs> is in ruin and this is what's happened. And blah, blah, blah. It's just like the same right. characters talking about the same stuff. So what's the point? 
It's like if EastEnders jumped forward five years and they were all just same had the same storylines. Like, what's, what's the point? So I'm watching it. I'll, I'll keep watching it, but it's not it's not grabbing me. Um, Welcome to Wrexham continues to be the kind of probably the weirdest show on TV because it's like I don't know if it's some kind of tax write off or something, but it's the, <laughs> it's very like short episodes. Like it's it's not even thirty minutes. Like sometimes it's like 27, 28 minutes, and they, okay. They they pad out a lot of it, and it's this weird kind of contrast because half of it is the celeb pairing, and half of it is these like footballers playing in semi pro league in Wales or in England, but for a Welsh team. And it's like it's a very bizarre kind of jump in between that and then the running of the club. So I, I continue to watch it. It's quite fun, but it is a very very bizarre show. It doesn't quite fit into into any sort of box. Um. Yeah, and of course the other thing, it is the season. We're in autumn now, so the Gilmore Girls have returned from hibernation, taken them out of the little shoebox in the cupboard, taken the shredded newspaper out, and out. Rory and Lorelai have emerged. So uh, Michelle and I got through most of the first season before she, before she left, uh, diving into it. And we'll, we'll pick that up when she's back. But uh, yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. It's a great I don't show. know it's, it's the future. Cozy. I don't know what the future for Gilmore Girls and and me will be because I was obviously a uh, an mm. Italia initiative. I quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So hopefully I could still find space for it. But um, it's quite a bit of baggage with that. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Gilmore Girls cool. might might be on the um, the MGF hiatus for a little while. <laughs> um, Lorelai will come you a fucking mark and then disappear for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know even if I have Gilmore Girls on my TV show file that i keep oh that's a good reminder that well, uh, let me be totally honest fucking gray's anatomy is not making it across the divorce barrier uh lads <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god what what uh, i can say it now what a fucking boring load of shite that was <laughs> um <laughs> this is three oh, seasons of my life watching that um Actually, Grey's Anatomy is fine. I, I don't dislike it that much. But um, Gilmore Girls, certainly I enjoy more than Grey's Anatomy. Gilmore Girls, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Okie doke. Um, yeah, I don't have I don't have a, a, a lot of music or games to discuss, so we'll, we'll, we'll bring the show to an end shortly. But in terms of music, I, I had no album for the last two weeks, I'm sorry to say. Too much traveling and, and too busy doing, doing this and that. But... I did start. I started listening to an album, so I will hopefully I'll have it finished, and I'll give you my thoughts on it fully next week. But just as a little preview, I've listened to the new Ozzy Osbourne album, Patient Number Nine, mm. um, uh, and I've only listened to the first handful of songs, so I, I haven't come anywhere close to finishing it. But I will say, uh, the what it sounds like is: Do you know the technology they used for? Um, uh, was it like an an artificial intelligence they use for doing like Mark Hamill's voice? Right. Yeah. That's that's what Ozzy Osbourne sounds like. It sounds like they got a computer to do his voice because uh, he sounds fucking weird on it. Uh, it's so far totally unremarkable. It's it's got, it's got quite good reviews, which I'm surprised by because mm. it's just it's just very forgettable. Um, and I listened to the new Arctic Monkeys single. It's called something like "Tell Me There Will Be a." Mirror ball, I think it's called, or say there'll be a mirror ball or something like this. And I know we've talked before about the the that Arctic monkey swagger, so I won't I won't go through that whole spiel again. 
But if you were looking for for that, Joe, rather mm. than I'm a fucking crooner now with Arctic monkeys doing some <laughs> lounge music, you'll be very disappointed because it is more of that. No, oh, no, it's uh, and also uh, check out the music video on YouTube, Arctic Monkeys Mirror Ball. I'm encouraging everybody listening to my voice now. Do this, right? And tell me in that first shot where he's singing that Alex Turner doesn't look like Richard Madeley. It's a fucking clone. He looks exactly like him. I'll try and get a timestamp so people can see exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, it's when the verse starts going. Um, let me see. Arctic Monkeys... Mirror ball. So the song is actually called There'd Better Be a Mirror Ball. Mm. Um, I'll get a timestamp for you now. Um, here we go. Uh, 55 seconds. So go to 55 seconds <laughs> into that video and tell me that's not Richard Madeley you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to help. It's, it's weird, it right? It is young Madeley, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not even not not that young anymore. Mm. He must be pushing Sting's age at this point. Um, yeah, the song itself is is like I said, completely completely unremarkable to me. But there are people who really enjoy that new Arctic Monkey style compared to the old one, which is fine. I don't I don't agree with that necessarily. But there are people who who really enjoy the new smooth arctic monkeys with with crooning vocals and understated instrumentation i preferred when they were a rock band but that's just me so you know i'll I'll maybe try a little bit more maybe re-listen to their last album try and give this this new arctic monkeys another another go but mm. um it's just kind of not for me um um, what was I going to say? I did get a new book. I haven't started reading it yet. Uh, where is it? Here it is. For the book section. Um, I, I bought a book. It's not the third Richard Osman one, which is out. Uh, I bought it's uh, It's a Nintendo-related book. Mm. It's uh, Words of Wisdom from Satoru Iwata who was the the CEO of Nintendo who passed away a few years ago. It's called Ask Iwata. Hmm. And it's, uh, I think he used to run like a blog. It was like a Q&A blog, and he would give his his thoughts on on Nintendo and stuff on there. So I'm very much looking forward to reading that. That'll be my my book I read now that I finished those Richard Osman books. Um, and yeah, Satoru Iwata was, was really a, a quite... Um, revolutionary mind when he was the uh the ceo of nintendo and then he was um replaced and he died very soon afterwards so i i, I wondered if there was might have been some knowledge that he was sick or something but very innovative and, and creative man very much looking forward to reading that picked it up on uh, amazon very nice hard back cover as well and it was not not very expensive so nice. I'm, I'm very much enjoying uh gonna look forward to reading that uh game wise speaking of nintendo uh, put a few more hours into Pokemon Diamond, uh, shine wait, Shining Diamond, Brilliant Diamond. I forget which one it's called. Um, I fucking hate it. <laughs> to be honest, I hate it. It's um, it's the laziest retread. Um, and there's just no effort 
at all put in to accommodate returning players. Mm. Um, I think I mentioned to you last time, it's like, imagine you started playing Mario Odyssey and the first 45 minutes where people were, were NPCs constantly explaining to you how Mario games work. You know, you can press A to jump. Mm. It's like, okay, well, there, there needs to be an option. I think I mentioned this on the podcast last time. There needs to be an option for returning players to just, have you played a, a Pokemon game before? Yes. And all that stuff disappears. And then you can just play through it as, as the game. So much explaining to you how fucking the game works. My God. Uh, and I played uh, uh, quite a few more hours of, of Dead Cells. I feel like Dead Cells is going to be a game that I don't um, continue to play as my primary game. I might just kind of play on the side. As I said before, Dead Cells is one where you're every time you die, you go back to the start of the game. And you kind of incrementally build progress. So you um, get more... Even though you're starting the game from the very beginning every time, you have more potions to heal yourself. Or you unlock an ability to um, get these little beanstalks that grow. And so you can kind mm. of shortcut your way to further in the game. So there's nice little stuff like that. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something about it that I prefer to play it in bursts rather than constantly going through the cycle of back to the beginning, make your way back to the beginning, back to I don't know, that kind that's kind of draining me a bit a bit more quickly than I thought I would, thought it would. So, I think it's going to be Elden Ring time. Sitting there, got it for my birthday, haven't touched it yet. Sitting there on the top of my my Blu-ray pile next to my Xbox. So, it might be Elden Ring time and then Dead Cells will be the game that I'll play when I'm a little bit not in the mood for playing Elden Ring. We will see. Anyway, that's everything I've got to talk about. That's the reviews. Yeah. And that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, sorry again for the technical issues, guys. Joe did actually get Heat Slater in, in like 18. It was very dramatic and exciting. Yeah, and my, sorry, my you'll, you'll never hear it. My questions were really good. And there was absolutely no long pauses <laughs> of me trying to think of Impact wrestlers. He got wrapped up on the fact that he wrestled for Impact this last year and couldn't think of who that was. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, that was it. Yeah, you didn't miss much else. No, no, no. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm not sure when. because I just Potentially realized- with Barry. Should be with Bowery. The only thing is, of course, next week is New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest, <gasps> which is oh on the Saturday goodness. and the Sunday. I can't remember what time it finishes, so I might be. Obviously, it's not far from here, so I might be back in time for the show, or maybe a little bit late. But we'll see, we'll see what out. happens next week. Um, but other than that, it's uh, only left for me to say, please don't forget to follow us at Chair Shop Pod on Twitter, where we you know tweet during the week about. Yeah. whatever's going on uh check mm-hmm. out chairshoppodcast.com for back episodes and yeah to send us a little email if you want to send us a little email and um other than that it's a big thank you for listening from me townie boy and from my good friend or griffin bye, bye.